Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. This is the week of Easter. If you're listening to this right when it is put out. And we are going to be looking at how this beautiful story of Jesus at Easter actually impacts or plays into our motherhood. How does it, how does that color affect show us, enlighten us on our motherhood? You know, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about this. How do we see Jesus like engaging with his disciples or with other people in a way that we could take that way of engaging and pull it into our motherhood and say, it will inform how we engage with our kids. And we've been talking about the fact that in order to have conversations with our children, our conversations need to be gospel-centered. They need to come from a framework, from a viewpoint and a vision of who Jesus is and how he impacts our very lives, our hearts, therefore our behavior. Well, today is no different. We're going to be talking about a passage in John, mainly because I've been working on something personally, looking at the very last week of Jesus on earth and in my own personal study, looking at these spaces and what Jesus did and how he responded and what he thought about or how he acted and seeing what the beauty of that, how that impacts me as a woman, as a, a wife, a daughter, and a mother. What does it do for me? What does the gospel actually practically do in my life? And this is one of those things that the Lord has been showing me. So I'm excited to share it with you today. It is fresh and real for me. And I pray that it will have impact to you as well. So let's get started. We are talking, we're going to root down in John 13, and we're actually only going to look at the first three verses. Now, this is where they are just beginning the um, feast of the Passover. This is the last conversations between Jesus and his disciples. And this is what happens when Jesus begins this interaction. It says in John 13, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. And then it begins to tell the story where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And we know this story. This was something I was eager to read this as I've been studying about um, Easter and 
and yet God stopped me before I ever got to the washing of the feet. You see, in my my head, I was saying, oh, this would be huge for me to dwell on with you, God, about the fact that Jesus lays out this example of how we are to be. And in fact, he says, he says, he says the one, um, you know, he says he washes feet and he, and then he goes on and he says, what I have done for you, you need to do for others. So in other words, this is a prime example that we hear all the time about serving, about loving somebody else enough to do something like this. And in motherhood, it's, it seems like a no-brainer, right? I mean, we serve all the time. We love to the nth degree. We are the ones who are trudging in the middle of the night for the crying baby, despite our own sleep patterns. We are the ones who are giving up of whatever we may want to do in the day in order to do what is best and needs to be done for the lives of the little ones around us. We off, some of us have laid down full careers to stay home or to raise children at little, at the young stages or whatever stages. Some of us have chosen to do things that radically impact our lives in the service of another. That's what motherhood seems so, like. My bias was I was going to jump in here and I was going to dig all into what this could look like. And God stopped me in verse one. And I want to look at that with us today. Because in verse one, I want to read it again. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. This is a huge verse. God has radically opened my eyes to this verse and then let me begin to play it out practically for my own life. What does it mean for me to stand in a place to know that I am loved like this? But then how then, if I am going to pour out into my kids, what, how would this play out? So we're going to take this verse apart and then we're going to jump into verse three and we're going to take that verse apart. And this, my friend, I pray will encourage you as you're walking into Easter to know that Jesus loved you to the end. And he invites you to walk as his loved child to the very end with him. So what does it mean? Well, the first word that I wanted to take apart and look at, because it was the first one that when I study scripture like this and I sit with God, what I will tend to do is say, like, what does this mean about a certain word? And I want to help you even today a little bit in understanding. I want to kind of pull back the curtain of how I study the word. I'm doing this locally with a, a bunch of women um, in my church. And I think it's important that we actually like teach one another how to study God's word together and how to know what God's word says about things by studying it, not by going somewhere else and reading commentaries or, or books written about it, but to know that the Holy Spirit has been given to you that you may understand his word. So when I was reading through this, the very first word that jumped out on the page where I was like, I wonder what it means to the end. What does that mean? 
Does that mean like to the end of this day, like he loved them that day? Like, does it mean to the end of his life? Like, cause he, cause it says that he knew that his hour had come, that he was about to return to the father. But what does that word to the end mean? Well, I looked it up and I looked it up in a Strong's concordance, just trying to figure out what it meant when it was written in the Greek. And that word end meant the consummation, the end goal, the closure with all of its results. So Jesus here in this passage isn't loving his disciples to the end of that day, to the end of the supper meal, or even to the end of the betrayal that was about to happen, or even to the end of his crucifixion. This statement that John is making says that Jesus loved his own to the consummation, the closure of it all with all of its results, completely to the uttermost. He loved. He loved you and he loved me and he loved the disciples sitting at that table. He loved your children. He has loved us and loves us continually to the very end of it all. Well, then the next word that I wanted to look up is, well, what what kind of a love is this? Because we know in scripture that it talks about different kinds of loves that are out there. There's the phileo love, which is the love of friendship. Um, there is like a um, a love between a man and a wife. But this love is the agapeo love, right? This is the love of God. This is the special love that you and I can only do as women who walk with Jesus, following Jesus. It is the love that comes out of us that is a Holy Spirit-driven love. It is the love of choice and the love of selection. That's what agape love is. It is the love of I am choosing and selecting you to be loved by me. And Jesus chose this discriminating love to love you and to love me to the very end. That is who you are with him. Before we can go any further into talking about motherhood love or how do we walk with our kids, my heartbeat is that you would stand so secure in the story of the gospel for your life that you are deeply, purposefully, completely selected to be loved by Jesus to the very end of it all. You, personally. And if you do not know this and you do not understand this, number one, you can reach out to me. Send me an email, grab me on Instagram, um, contact me, send me a message. I will help you begin to understand the truths of what Jesus says in his Bible for you personally about why he would die for you, why he would be thinking about you, why he would love you to the very end. But if you also go, man, this is something, it's really hard for me to keep that in the front of my mind. I want to encourage you. You need to be inside of resetting your mind. You need to be inside of this course. We talk about this for two weeks. We spend time digging into what it really means to understand the gospel story for yourself, to stand in the truth of the gospel, anchored into his truth, so that you can then parent 
from that perspective. That can be your lens that you see life. So for today, we're going to talk about this. Because when I begin to understand and I stand in the truth that Jesus intimately loved me to the very end, to the finality, and that he chose to love me this way, and he chose to love you this way, that he selected to love you this way, that it's not based on what you have done, but based only on his choosing it begins to inform and change everything else that I do as a woman, whether it's anything I do inside of mothering, anything I do inside of my marriage, anything I do with any other family members, anything I do in my work and in my career, in my ministry, it informs it all because my identity is only anchored to one truth, which is this truth, that Jesus loves me to the very end. And he displayed that on the cross and he chose that. He knew it. It wasn't confusing to him. That's what the the first setup of this verse is. It says Jesus knew his hour had come and he had loved his own to the very end. So how do I know that this love is for you and me? What if it's only the love that's for his people sitting at that table? Well, I think it's important that we know that. And so this is another thing of studying God's word and looking in his word. So I took that word for loved in that. And all I did was inside of my Strong's Concordance, I went to other places in scripture where that exact word is used by and about Jesus. Who is he loving? So we're going to go there really quickly. The first one, we memorize it. We all can help our little children say it. It's John 3, 16. Isn't that interesting? It's the exact same word, exact same tense, exact same usage. It says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And on this week of Easter where we celebrate and we marvel and we stand in the truth that Jesus loved you to the very end, choosing and selecting you, God loves you to the very end, choosing and selecting you. But if that's not enough for you and you, you're like, okay, maybe, well, let's look over here because Ephesians, same word used again. So we're going to dig in because we want to find all these. And can I just encourage you? These are going to be in your show notes at the bottom. This is the very kind of work. This is the work we do in the course, resetting your mind. Um, We have this course, Resetting Your Mind in Christ and Resetting Your Mind When Motherhood Seems Hard. One of them is a conversation where we are taking all these truths and we are linking them, linking them, connecting them to your motherhood. But we have the exact same course. We have created the same course for somebody who may not necessarily, maybe they need it connected elsewhere in their lives, or maybe they're not a mom. And we have designed that course for that as well because we are offering it and it is inside of church ministry for churches to use or for women's groups to use. But I want you to understand this work that I'm about to walk you through of different scriptures that say the same truths. We teach you how to do this in your word so that you become a strong student of the word of God. So we're going to do this right now. So we just went to John three sixteen, same version, same word. It's the agapeo, 
sent in the same language. Here we are in Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. This is the key gospel scripture verse. And mama, if you're going to stand up on your feet as a warrior and stand inside of a culture that tells you that you are without value and you are without worth, that everything is based on performance or what you bring to the table or how well you do this or how well you do that. If you are feeling beat down by an enemy who tells you that you are no good, I want you to understand something that God chooses to love you to the very end without you performing at all. It says here in Ephesians 2, 4, that it's all by grace that you have been saved all by grace. So now, anywhere else in scripture? Yeah, Ephesians 5, 2. Keep walking through Ephesians. Turn over a page in your Bible. And here it is again. It says, now here is a calling, here is a command for you, but it's the same verbiage about God's love for us. It says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, this love is consistently and continually linked to Jesus dying for yours and my sin on the cross. It is consistently linked to the gospel story of salvation. And you and I don't have to bring anything to it. We step in belief towards it. That is what we do. Again, Christ loves you and gave himself up for you. He chose, he selected, and he will do it to the uttermost completely. Finally, one last verse, one last book of the Bible uses this same word several times. We're going to look at three of them really quickly. It's 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 10, 11, and 19. And then I'm going to teach you a little trick about what you can do with these in your Bible. But in first, um, first John 4, verse 10, he says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, not that, but that he loved us, but that he agapeoed us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, propitiation is a fancy word for the sacrifice that paid and redeemed us. But love is not that you love God, is what 1 John says. It is that he chooses and selects you and loves you. That is who you are. And then it says, beloved, in verse 11, next time, if God so loved us, if he agape owes us, we also ought to love one another. As we receive this kind of a love, if, as we stand inside of it, now this is where this practical shift happens into motherhood. Then we ought to love one another in this way. This choosing kind of love. This, I am choosing and I am selecting to love you to the end. 
That's how we're supposed to love others. Why? Because that is what we experience. That is the truth that we stand in as his daughter. In my newsletter last week, I shared with you scriptures about being his daughter. I want you to understand, as his daughter, you are loved in this way to the very end. Despite your performance, despite what you bring to the table, it is by grace you have been saved and you are loved in this way. And finally, the last one says in verse 19, if you skip down a little bit, it says, We love because he first agapeoed us, because he first loved us. You see, if we take this walk through the New Testament of Jesus saying, This is how I love you. I love you with a love that is, I have chosen and selected to love you. And I am doing it to the very end, to the fullness that you require, to the vast amounts of love you desperately need. I love you all of it. To the depths of what you have hidden down in your heart, I love you to the all of it, to the depths of it, all of it. I love you. I love you there. I choose to. And I love you to the uttermost, meaning I cover it all. I have my sin, my sacrifice for your sin has covered all of it. You cannot get to the end of my love for you. I agape you. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16 says it in a little bit different way, but I want you to understand this word picture because I think it's important for us. He says, In verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? That's pretty, like, that's a question, right? For us as moms, I mean, can you forget one of your little babies? No, you'll never forget one of your babies. Never. But then what Isaiah goes on and says, but even even these may forget. They, They may forget a baby, but which you and I would argue is completely ridiculous. But he's saying, but if there is even that slightest possibility, I just want you to be so assured of what is following that I'm going to say, they may forget, but I will not forget you. That is what God is declaring in Isaiah. He says, that nursing mother may, maybe, would forget their child. If there's ever a teeny tiny little possibility, I want you to understand, I will never forget you. I will never forget you. It says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are continually before me. Now, we have talked about this in other episodes. All I want you to understand here is that here is this picture of God saying, I have have carved you, etched you into the palm of my hand. And that picture is the same picture that back in those days, a slave would have carved into their hand the name of their owner forever forever etched into their hand. They could not get away. And here God is saying this posture of, I love you so deeply, I'm carving your name into my hand. And now here on Easter week, we can almost jump that that imagery over here to Jesus and what is carved into his hands physically that we know when we read the story of Jesus coming back to his disciples, they see the holes in his hands. It remains Right? There is a physical of the spiritual concept that Jesus says, I have carved you into my hand. I will never forget you. You are continually before me. 
and I am loving you to the uttermost. And so when we sit today, this week of Easter, and we say, how do I make Easter come alive to my kids? Am I doing a good job? Do I do any of this well? I wonder, I'm concerned. I I don't know what the enemy would want to bring against you this week, but I promise he probably does. He may just want to make you super crazy busy so you can't even think about it. So maybe for you today, all you need to hear today is number one, Jesus loves you to the very end. He was about to walk into the hardest season of his physical life here on earth. And his thoughts aren't on it doesn't say in John 13, 1, now Jesus knew that his hour had come and he was going to be given over and beaten and abused and crucified and he would have to die and suffer a terrible death. That's not actually what John says here. He says, Jesus knew his hour had come to depart out of this world, to go to the Father. He, he wasn't even worried about the suffering he was about to step into. He was completely focused on loving his people. And then he steps into this act of service. It's hard for me to be loving. The the closer I get to the end of a day, the worse I am at it. Like the more fatigued I get, the harder that it all is to hold everything together for the day, the worse I get. Right? And so there is a part of me that goes, God, I can't even do what you, I can't do this. I can't do this kind of love. I don't even understand it. I mean, just yesterday we were driving home late at night and I was just with two of the boys and we were driving home. We had been at a a state science fair and I was wiped, totally done. And it had been a really fun several days and I had, we had really enjoyed ourselves and enjoyed relationally being together and loving each other and all that. And I, though, had reached, I was at my end point. (laughs) And I have to confess, I I just kind of in the car had this almost temper tantrum moment where I just was very unkind. I was not loving to the end, even of a day, even of a day. But Jesus, who fully understands our capacities versus his capacity, loves us to the very end. And so in that moment of being convicted by the Holy Spirit sitting in the car because the car had gotten uncomfortably silent because mom had thrown a hissy fit in the car and the boys weren't going to say anything. I was sitting there going, God, I am, I'm, I'm just so tired. And then I was like, and I totally messed that up. And I totally was rude and mean to them. And instead of allowing condemnation to begin to bang all over my head of you're the worst. I I mean, you always wreck it. You always are rude. You can never hold your temper. You and all the condemning thoughts that were right there, they were threatening. The Holy Spirit said, Bethany, I love you to the very end right here. You see, I've been studying this passage and God was like, "I, I love you to the, to the very end. And in that moment, understanding the love he had for me to the very end, I could step inside of that. And just like it says in 1 John 4, because he has loved me, I am able to love others. Stepping inside of that, going, God, thank you. 
that your love for me is not contingent on me being a, a good mom, of being patient and kind and loving all the time and never having a crossword. Thank you. And instead, number one, going, God, forgive me. I mean, change my tongue, you know, help me to set my mind on you first before I just rapid fire say rude things to others in the future, Lord. But also, Lord, right here, help me to make right what I have made wrong. Help me to confess fully. Help me to ask for forgiveness well. Help me to listen to the ways I insulted or hurt their hearts or um, need to um, speak truth over something that I spoke a lie over. Help me to communicate well with them. And then being able to begin to speak out in that car. I am sorry. Number one, that was completely rude, what I said. Number two, it's not even truthful. I was just completely overreacting and swelling something way bigger than it was and making something be what it was not. And I know that what I said hurt your feelings, hurt your heart, probably a lot. And I would like to hear how I hurt your heart because I would like to speak to exactly what hurts and so that I can speak truth to you in in truth. But first of all, I need you to know how sorry I am that I said that. You see, I can't, I will never love well to the end here on earth, but I can begin to stand in what it says in 1 John 4, that I can learn to love well because I understand how much I have been loved to the end. That is the picture of the Easter story for you and for me. It's not that we can do this and be like the best little Jesus is running around because we're not Jesus. We will not be Jesus. But as we experience his love more and more, we can stand in it. We can trust in it. We may have to make things right because our first step is wrong. But in humility, considering others better than ourselves, owning our mistakes, letting our words be words of life that are to build up and to edify that child in that moment, I can speak into them. And truthfully, last night, I had to clean up. So I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you've had to clean up the damage that you have done. But I want you to understand that in that place of cleanup, God's love for you is to the uttermost. He has chosen and selected to love you to the very uttermost right there. And he will do it to the very end. And so you can confidently turn to your little one and say, Mommy, Mommy hurt your heart, and I am so sorry. And I did not respond well, and I was unkind. And I promise you this, there is a magic phrase that I have learned to say to my child, which is, can you tell me how I hurt your heart? And then be quiet. Ask a really good question like that, and then hear the answer, and then address the answer with truth. You're right. I did do that. Can I share with you what is truth? 
what is truth that God says about this and what is truth that I really believe? And then can I ask, will you please, will you please forgive me? Because I was very wrong. You see, that, that is how we can begin to stand inside of this gospel story. Because there's not anything that we have done or will do that is not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ at the cross when he chose to love us to the very end. But oftentimes, we will wound or hurt or do something foolish in relationship to our children, and we believe that that's it. We can't fix that. Well, we've wrecked that. We ruined that. But when we step inside of this truth and stand in the knowledge that Jesus loves me, then we can speak words of, you know, sorrow and compassion, and we can seek reconciliation with that child that we may have wounded or hurt. If it's in reverse and our children have wounded or hurt us and we're walking into the bathroom with them, we stand in the place of understanding how loved they are and how loved we are to the very end. And we want to introduce them to this idea. And so we go, you know what? I want you to know something. Do you think that because you were you were disrespectful or you were rude or you were disobedient, do you think that God gets mad at you and doesn't love you there? And sometimes their answer will be yes. And what I want you to do is turn to John 13, 1 and say, can I tell you something? That Jesus loves you to the very end. The very end. Right here. He loves you. He loves you because he chooses to love you. And in Ephesians, it tells me that even though you're disobedient and disrespectful, that God loved you first. That it is his grace that saves you, not what you do. You see, that's how we begin to pull this gospel conversation into these discipline conversations or into these conversations where relationships are on the line. This is how we begin to make it real. This is where God's love becomes tangible to ourselves when we, re- when we see how we've messed something up or to our kids because we speak over them. It's not about what you've done. Do we need to address what you've done? Yes. But first, I want to layer over this whole thing. There's never been a moment that God did not stop loving you. For God so loved the world. He so loved you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He so loved you that it is not because of what you have done. It is by grace you have been saved. He so loved you that he sent his son to be propitiation. You see, when we begin to understand each of these scriptures and you mark them in your Bible and you make them a trail through your Bible, then you can walk your child through that same trail and say, let me show it to you here. 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 You are loved, not just by me, because my love is messy. I mess up my love. I get mad at you. My love isn't to the uttermost because I get tired and I get junky. But we are both loved to the uttermost by Jesus. And he died for us. 
that's the that's the gospel message. This week of Easter, it is the gospel message for our very lives, and it sits in John 13, 1. I want you to know how much I am praying for you that His love will sink into your soul and be the song that you sing over your children, over your life, that you allow the Holy Spirit to stir it up inside of you. Thank you for joining me today. May you have an amazing, beautiful Easter Sunday. May you have amazing, beautiful conversations with your children in just random moments this week, telling them Jesus loves you to the very end. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.